This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Global News Radio, and it is time for topics worthy of discussion. And we've got a great roundtable representing all sides of the political scale, and all of them friends of mine. John Capobiancos. Uh, this is the one I love to read because it's so long, John. Uh, <laughs> senior Vice President, Senior Partner, and National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office, and over 22 years of <laughs> grassroots political experience at all three levels of government. That's the only time I'm going to say that, man. John Capobianco, well, how are Peter, you? Peter, I could give you the longer version if you want. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Let's just say uh, a great conservative friend of mine for a number of years and uh, another friend from the legislature of Ontario when we both were there, Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo. She is minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice and the Arts and former MPP, of course, for Parkdale High Park. Sherry, how are you? I'm good, and it's nice to be on with the Shermanator again. Always, <laughs> always a pleasure. And we can debate again, too. Michael, <laughs> Do that. Yes. Yeah. Michael Giles, uh, who has served in government at various levels for 30 years, federal, provincial, municipal. Michael, hi. I'm good. That makes me sound very old. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if the shoe fits. No, never mind. I, I didn't say that. It fits, it fits. People in glass houses, Peter. <laughs> that's correct. That's why I don't get into that kind of stuff. So uh, I started off the show today, and I don't know if any of you were so busy you couldn't listen or if you're just otherwise occupied and, and didn't listen. doesn't matter. Uh, there's an Angus Reid poll. You've uh, probably seen the material or read the story in the papers yesterday. Um, essentially, uh, Angus Reid is projecting that uh, if, if it were you know a today's situation, you've got a prime choice for uh, leader of Canada in Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservatives, followed... Uh, by Justin Trudeau, and it's a 33-27 situation. And then there are two real, uh, from the standpoint of his numbers, also runs. Elizabeth May is third, and and trailing, which is a surprise to me, is Jugmeet Singh, and he's only got 6%. The other numbers are Sheer at 33 and Trudeau at uh, 27, and and May has 7. So uh, talking to our friend Conrad Black last hour, he said, uh, you know, if things stay this way, you're talking about a two-way horse race. Now, I'm, I'm interested in a number of angles on this, but let me start with you, Sherry, because you worked with, as did I, Jugmeet Singh, and I would have expected um, more show from him at this point. Uh, yes, it's, it's concerning that if I were a member of the federal party from Quebec, I'd be particularly concerned with those kinds of numbers. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to make some uh, serious decisions about strategy and, uh, you know, what he does, how he does it. And also, of course, is the by-election. Uh, so uh, that's going to be critically important. That's Burnaby South. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he wants to run. And I don't know when that is. Do you? Uh, well, it's supposed to come up, isn't it? I thought February. February is, is what I've heard. So, uh, I, and again, um, it, you know... Very tricky. It's very, very tri- tricky for those who do strategy at the federal level. Well, he's got a long way to go, and I'll, I'll kick it over to you, John Capobianco, and uh, let you comment because uh, your guy, our guy, I guess we could call it, to be honest, uh, in, in um, Andrew Scheer is at the front of the pack. Now, it, it has to also be said that in this Reed poll, uh, you've got 25% of people who are not ready to commit right now. So we've got 10 months and 10 months in politics is an eternity. 
It is, Peter, and I would say a couple of things. One, the thing that I find that's interesting is that the Angus Reid poll is now becoming sort of more than just one poll that's showing the Conservatives in, in a position of power or a position of strength going into uh, what is going to be the election year 2019. Um, we saw Nanos, we saw a few other polls that showed the Conservatives ahead. And, uh, you know, when there's only one poll that shows the Conservatives ahead, then people think it's an outlier. But now you're starting to see a number of credible polling firms that are showing um, not only the the uh, um, uh, polling numbers by way of who would you want to see as prime minister or what party would you want to see as government, uh, but the favorables, unfavorables. And I think this is a sign for, for the prime minister and for his party. Um, I've always believed that this is a, turtle, a tortoise and, and the rabbit sort of uh, um, race, you know, in a sense of um, Andrew's always been the slow, steady, uh, building a narrative about himself, about being a family man, about being a humble from humble beginnings. Um, and it's sort of the anti-selfie uh, celebrity kind of uh, prime minister or leader that we're seeing in Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, which, of course, was capped off at the India trip, which, of course, is still um, an albatross. Oh, yeah. uh, an albatross. fabulous time for him. Yeah. <laughs> an albatross around, his, uh, around him. But, but nonetheless, so I, think it, I think there's some, some trouble for, for the Liberals. I think Andrew just needs to continue to get out there and, and say the message. And I think, more importantly, um, the NDP collapsing to the numbers of the Green is, I think, is quite troubling for not only Jagmeet himself, but for the NDP. Well, it's it's uh, it's a two-way race. I'll, I I want to go to you, Michael Giles, in a moment, but I want a further comment from you, John, on this. I made the statement an hour and change ago that uh, much as I may be a declared conservative, I don't chalk the uh, the leadership of uh, Andrew Shear in this or any other poll up yet to Andrew Shear. I chalk it up more to the failures of Justin Trudeau. Am I being fair? Well, I think you are being fair, Peter. And I think that it was the same with the provincial situation as well. You know, I think that people were, you know, the Conservative Party provincially, if you look at that from an example perspective, was 20 points ahead, um, you know, when Patrick Brown was leader. We actually increased in popularity when we had no leader. Uh, in fact, when Patrick had to resign based on the allegations that were put forward uh, t- towards him, and w- in the time when the provincial conservatives were in a period of, of you know, leaderless, uh, where we had an intern, an interim leader, we actually went up in the polling numbers. So it wasn't particularly because of that. It was because they just didn't like Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals. So I think there's a little bit of, if I don't like the Liberals federally, if I don't like Justin Trudeau, the only other alternative that I, I that me as a voter can go to is the conservatives in some cases, because the NDP are doing so badly. So there's no question that that's, uh, that's out there, Peter. So I think you're right about that. But I think Andrew Scheer, as a leader, is starting to get some traction. I think that's starting to get some polling numbers up for the Conservatives. Well, we'll see what happens there. Michael Giles, what does Justin Trudeau have to do to counter this situation? Well, not go to India again. <laughs> I think well, I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I think we're a, long, yeah, we're a long way off from this, you know, determining whether, uh, you know, Justin's going to be doing a Bangla dance on election night or not. We don't know yet. Um, the reality is in Canadian politics, and I think in some other uh, countries as well, governments get voted out. They don't get necessarily voted in. And I think that's what you and John were sort of speaking to a moment ago. Uh, I think the worrisome numbers for, uh, the, for Trudeau are the disapproval rating of 58%. Because, you know, you start getting people, when you start getting those numbers, you start getting people looking who's the alternative. And, you know, Andrew Scheer, speaking to John's point, is starting to, you know, and has been for a while, sort of start doing the right things, look like a credible leader. You know, he dealt with that whole situation with uh, Tony Clement, you know, very effectively. It was, you know, I, I couldn't find anybody who said that, uh, that uh, you know, he handled that badly. He seemed to handle it very well. And frankly, that seems to be one of the reasons why it went away for the 
the Conservative Party. You know, you look back, I speak to my friends in, you know, who voted against, for example, Stephen Harper uh, in, the, in the last election. And one of the things you say is, oh, you know, it was time for, why did you vote against them? And they couldn't really articulate a reason they voted against them, not on policy or anything else. So I think sometimes people just get tired of things and maybe they're getting a little tired of, of uh, Justin uh, a little faster than they have others because there seems to be this, uh, you know, there's the pipeline issue, there's the carbon tax issue, there's India. The, you know, at some point the wagon gets too big and then the wheels break off and then people start looking for an alternative. And frankly, right now, the only alternative uh, is is uh, Andrew Scheer. And now, again, how does that all play out electorally in places like Quebec? And, you know, we get into regional numbers. That's where a lot of these races are decided, and it, riding by riding. It's true. And, and yeah. it'll be the story that keeps on giving over the course of the next 10 months, of course, heating up as we get there. Sherry DeNovo, what, in, in your estimation, if we were looking at it from a today perspective, you know, down the, the proper end of the telescope, what's the big issue this is going to turn on? Well, I, first of all, um, to be fair, the polls are pretty close. Um, if you look at the aggregate polls, they're not just the Angus Reid. Um, you know, the, for, for, the, for a long, long time, the, the Liberals have been up a little bit. The Tories have been down a little bit. But you're right, it is a kind of two-way horse race. Um, I, I think the Liberals have always, I mean, to me, what's happening in pol- politics generally, and you look at this from the polls on premiers, is the centre's dropping out and people are shifting left or right. Um, that certainly was clear in Ontario in the election here. It, I think it's uh, clear federally as well. The problem is that the Liberals run on the left and then govern on the right. And as uh, Trudeau is becoming more right-wing, uh, you know, why not just vote for a Conservative? And I think that's the problem he's got. Uh, if he was to dramatically differentiate himself from the Conservatives, uh, then he'd have more of a, sh- a shot. And, and, of course, if the NDP is not a credible alternative in terms of polling numbers uh, for whatever reasons, um, then that's a problem. Uh, so, again, people want to have a choice, and I think they're not getting such a dramatic choice between liberals and conservatives. Okay, so I asked I asked you the question, what issue does this turn on? And you gave me a, a strategic answer, which is well and good. So I'm going to turn to John Capobianco and say, if you were picking an issue today that you think that would be the decisive one in, a, in an election in 2019, what would it be? Uh, the economy, Peter, plain and simple. I think that's always an issue. Uh, pocketbook issues, uh, people's security, if they feel that they've got a job, if they feel the economy is going in the right direction. Um, I think that's always an issue. I, th- I think that's one where even if they feel comfortable with it, Stephen Harper, when he lost the election, you know, generally speaking, the economy was doing fairly well. And, and they were the G7, we were one of the best uh, leading uh, countries in the G7 going into that election. So people felt comfortable with it. But there was other issues, like what I call the soft versus the hard issues or the tangible, intangible issues that I think played up. And people just were tired of Stephen Harper, were tired of the Conservatives for the past 10 years. So that sort of came into effect. But I think a couple of things here, and that is the Prime Minister um, ran on hope and, and uh, you know, uh, sunny days and sunny ways and, and sort of optimism and how government's going to be changed and how he's going to do things differently. Um, there's a narrative that is that is being being firmed up now that I'm sure the opposition parties, including the Conservatives more, more particularly, are going to play in 2019. And it's going to be based on, are you better off now than you were four years ago? The famous line that uh, Ronald Reagan used yeah. to win his presidency. And, and they're going to bring up the issues about the pipeline and and the, the refugee issues and, and the costs. And the fact of the matter is they've pr- brought forth uh, an economic statement uh, that basically said, we're not sure when we're going to clear the debt or when we're going to balance the books. And that's going to be something that's going to be reinforced in their budget in 2019, which will be their election budget, Peter. And that's where I think people are going to start fo- 
focusing on uh, what's happening with the economy because people don't necessarily vote governments out based on deficits and debt, but they do if they feel the economy is not going in the right direction. Okay, last word on this one before we uh, take a break and move on to another subject. And it's over to you, Michael Giles. Would you go along with the uh, economic piece? Because I think that there's an awful lot of this, and the economy does play into it, that has to do with national unity. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the economy, I think, is is a, a more pronounced issue if things start going sour. You know, if you start to have bad numbers, you start to see unemployment going up, then it becomes a much more uh, sort of uh, pressing issue. Uh, having said that, it's always sort of an issue, you know, and especially if, if you're doing well, it's not a big issue for you. If you're struggling, you know, families and that kind of thing, and then, you know, uh, the, you know, you have debt, you have credit, interest rates are going up, then you st- it starts to become more of a personal issue. Other than that, speaking to your point, I think you're right. I think there are other issues, and John sort of mentioned them too. There's, you know, the, the Conservatives, are, I think, are obviously doing intern- internal polling. You know, Andrew Shear was uh, did an interview today where he was talking about, you know, if, if you're opposed to irregular immigration, uh, it doesn't mean, as Mr. Trudeau says, you're anti immigrant. What it says is you're anti-cheater. And that's what Andrew said today. So I think what he's doing is he's appealing to sort of that, those issues that, you know, the things that people have in the back of their minds and that are sort of formulating there. And I suppose what it would be is sort of a multifaceted approach. You know, it's the economy, it's the pipeline, it's, you know, what he was doing in India, it's the, you know, Statistics Canada stuff, it's the irregular. You start putting all that together, you start creating a narrative in people's minds that, you know, something's wrong with this government. All right, to be continued with John Capobianco, Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Michael Giles, our panel with topics worthy of discussion today right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 